And so we're going to learn this morning what you can do to help lead your husband to Christ. 1 Peter chapter 3, if you found your place, we'll read a few verses of Scripture, starting in verse 1. He says, Now likewise, uh, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, and that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold and of putting on of apparel. Now, a lot of people, I need to stop here. A lot of people will go to that verse and say, okay, so it's wrong for ladies to wear jewelry and to fix their hair. That is not the case. That is not what the scripture is saying, because if that's what it was saying, he was saying it would be wrong to put on clothes too then you see how good common horse sense along with the word of god helps us a, a, a lot he's saying he's in the he's in the context of emphasis it ain't going to be because you change your hairstyle that's going to lead your husband to christ it ain't going to be the fact that you bought more fancy jewelry or, or fancy clothes that's going to win your husband to christ he's not saying not to do those things jewelry's pretty makeup is is fine hair uh, new hairstyles are good uh, that's not what he's teaching here but a lot of times people will go here and say well it's wrong for ladies in a christian realm to it's wrong for them to uh, plait their hair well cut their hair change their hairstyle or wear jewelry that is not what this scripture is saying or teaching and just a common horse sense if it was wrong to put jewelry on wrong to fix your hair then it would also be wrong to put on apparel and we know that is not true so it's gone to the next verse. I figured I'd throw that in there free. It will not cost you anything extra. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham. Uh, ladies, just stop your ears just a little bit, okay? Call Calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Kind of a puzzling piece of scripture here. And, and the ladies are like, oh, what are you getting me into? i got to call my husband Lord. We'll talk about that. Uh, for the young ladies, yeah, it's good to learn. No, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Just messing with you. For my wife, no, 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 absolutely not. I still got lunch to get through. <laughs> no, no, we'll get to that. We'll talk about that. That has more to do with respect. Uh, than actually having to say, oh, Lord, Lord, my Lord. Of course, I like that. You know, I, I don't know any man that probably wouldn't, but that, no, that's not what he's talking about. Now, let us pray and let us get into the message for today. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you now. Lord, help us today. Be with those that have lost loved ones and be with uh, those that have come. Bless them in a special way. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Now, uh, what I want to get into, and now what I want you to think about today, uh, is that God did give the authority to the man in the home. And we started out uh, in Genesis there with the meaning of I do. And God has a biblical order in the Word of God. And I, of course, I'm not talking about what's going on in our current world today and how people run their households. I'm talking about how God set up how our home 
homes are to run biblically. And if you're saved and born again, if you want God's blessing on your marriage, it's going to have to work biblically. And so we, we learned in week one that uh, God defines marriage as one man, one woman, and that God is in the midst. So there's three elements in a marriage, the man, the woman, and God. If God is not in the middle of your marriage, your marriage is not going to work. I don't care how much church you go to. I don't care what you do, how many flowers you buy. If God is not going to be in the center of your marriage... Your marriage will not work, and I'm speaking to Christian people. But then God has a chain of command, and you'll find that with the Lord. The Lord has ordained authority structures in the world. God started them. He instituted them. We're having a big problem with authority structures in the world today. Everybody rising up. So let's deal with this here, and I'm going to give you four ways that a saved wife can influence a lost husband and see him come to know the Lord. Uh, in my time, in my years, I've seen uh, a, a few ladies that uh, prayed for their husbands for, for many years. Now, most generally, here's what happens and what I see. A lady will be so broken for a husband and she'll, she'll weep. She'll come to the Wednesday night prayer meeting and she'll, she'll raise her hand and weep over her lost husband. And, and I, I seen this firsthand and then all of a sudden, a few years of praying, her husband comes to church one Sunday with her. He gets saved, but not only does he get saved, he gets on fire for God and she's all upset about it. I've seen, if I've seen that once, I've seen it 15 times in my lifetime. See, ladies want their husbands to get saved, but they don't want them to get too much of God in them because it changes. They don't want to have to come back and be involved in church, but their husbands get saved. They get a good dose of God in their life. They get on fire, and all of a sudden, mom is all upset. And if that's your intention, you just want your husband saved so his fire insurance is paid up, then you don't need to pay attention to this message. It's going to do you no good. This is going to work and apply if you are sincere with God about a lost husband. But he sets it up. Even if you're a saved wife and you have a lost husband, this Bible's commanded you to be in subjection to your own husband. Now, I need to cover this word subjection because I don't want any of the men to go home and begin to misuse the words that I use. Subjection we as American citizens are in subjection to the laws of our land, are we not? We are subjects. That's what we got here. Subjection means you are a subject of the laws. And we're bound by the Constitution and our local law and ordinances. And therefore, we must keep the speed limit signs, wear our seat belts when we drive cars. And when you won't do that, then you are not in subjection. Subjection, men, is not that you go home and you pick up a broomstick and you sit down in your chair and that's your scepter and you demand that your wife bring you your iced tea and pat your feet and soak your feet and do everything around the house plus go outside the house and work a full-time job and she's there for your servant. That's not what subjection is, men. Uh, and, and, and we're talking biblical subjection, but subjection, if you was to get into 
Ephesians chapter 5, he tells the husband and the wife to be submitted one to another. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, men, let me tell you something. If you're having problems with your wives not being in subjection, you know where I'm going to start with you if you come in for counseling. It tells me that you are not in subjection to Christ. It is very rarely that I find a woman that is not in subjection to her husband when I don't find the man or will not find the man not in subjection to Christ. I mean, if you're not going to be subject to Christ because Christ is the head of the man, that's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and he says the man's the head of the woman, and all the men are all the time wanting to come and say, well, my wife just ain't in subjection to me. And so my first question is, are you in subjection to Christ? Are you doing your biblical duty? Are you taking care of your responsibility in your home? Hang on, man, because I'm coming for you in June. We've got a man problem in this country. We've got a bigger man problem and husband problem in this country than we do lady problems. You know it and I know it. And so, ladies, I want to be clear to lay this down. What in subjection means. It does not mean you are a personal slave to your husband. But it means that you have come together in God's covenant. And you're going to fulfill and you come in subjection to God's order and plan in marriage. And as I said last week, God has given you the authority to be the guide in the home. To rule in the house. You say, oh, 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 no. It's your job to guide the house. That's what the scripture said over there in Titus chapter 2 and Timothy chapter 3. God has given the woman the oversight in the house. She's to guide the house. She's to get the vision, the long-term vision from their husband. Here's what I did. Let me give you an example of that this week. We got this preacher's fellowship coming up Tuesday evening. And it's, for, it's our midweek church service. I want everybody that's sitting here this morning in here Tuesday night. I really need you here to listen to this youth choir. This is the future vision that I want for our church. I want our children involved in singing specials and praising God. They have a place. They have a part to play. And we've lost our youth because we won't let them do nothing in the house of God. Because we don't want to take the time to teach them anything. Or we teach them that church is not a priority. Make it a priority. Make it a priority. But submission is important. Subjection, meaning that you are going to do things God's way. You are subject to God's rule and law. It doesn't mean you are your husband's personal slave. Now, if you're slaving, as I do with Jenny, I'll take it. But that's not the role she's supposed to say uh, to, to take. And men, let me give you just a, a, a gold nugget. If you want to be the king in your house... You're going to have to make your wife the queen. It don't work no other way, man. You want to be the king, your wife must be the queen. And if she's not the queen, it's not going to work. Not going to work, okay? And, and let me tell you something, man. I've learned this. I had to learn it the hard way. My wife's been very patient with me. Women are more than likely twice as smart as the men. They can see things better. They can think a little better. And you just got to get up pretty early in the morning to get one over on them. Speak with my wife after that, about that later. Man, she's good at manipulating me. Go in there and get those chips you want for lunch, knowing that there ain't no chips I want in there, but her chips are in there. I go in there like a little puppy dog, 
Yes, ma'am. Like, what happened? I get down, I'm halfway eating my lunch, and I finally figured it out. She was messing with me. I didn't even get it figured out. The halfway into the meal, you sly thing. <laughs> but submission is not servitude. But ladies, you have an important role. You want to know what your role is, get over there in Proverbs 31. Maybe I'll preach over there next week. You're going to work twice as hard as the men. Sometimes you've got to work outside the home. And the Bible says that a godly woman can do that. But her first priority is the home. I hope you were here last week because I told you, ladies, if you, husbands have you working outside the home, you might have to write a list of delegation because you can't work outside the home full time, come home and take care of house full time. You might have to split those chores up. Yeah, men, you might have to, yep, open up those ears. Mama can't work nine to five, nine to nine, come home and do full time house duty. And keep up with all the laundry, keep up with all the cooking, all the mopping, all the cleaning, and then got to try to figure out how to get the grass mowed too. Like I said, man, I'm coming in June. Mama shouldn't have to worry about all that. Now, men, don't you chicken out on me and not show up in the month of June. You get back in here. But ladies, submission and subjection means appropriate action under authority does not mean you are a slave you have a mind and i'm sick and tired in my gut and in my heart of how it's been preached these many years these preachers and the ifb independent fundamental baptists are notorious for it they want their women to keep their mouths shut never say a word be subservient and you just stay in there in the house matter of fact take your shoes off and stay out there in the back of the that that don't fly with me boys and ladies, it shouldn't fly with you either. Shouldn't fly. Willing submission is the first way you can influence a lost husband. And let me throw this in here. Saved ladies, sometimes you'll have to use these four principles to influence a backslid husband. It'll work for a backslid husband. Willing submission, which means appropriate action under authority. This is voluntary, ladies. Nowhere in the Bible does God command the men to make their wives be in submission to them. You will not find that. It's not there. There is no Bible command where God says, Men, you go home and make your wives submit to you. This is voluntary. Say, oh, so I don't have to do it? Let me tell you something. I've never yet seen a woman have any problem being in willing submission to her husband if their husband was willingly submitted to Christ. It is a beautiful thing when Christ is the head of the home, the husband's under him, and then the wife is under him, and then the children are under the mother. It's a beautiful thing. Willing submissions, voluntary. This context has to do with staying married to a lost husband, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You'll find the word subjection in reference to using God's plan for marriage. I think I've cleared that up pretty good, so I shouldn't get any word back from the ladies that come drifting in that, well, preacher, I just wish you wouldn't have preached what you preach because now I'm having to work and do all the household chores when my husband does nothing but play ball and, and, and work on his toys. That should not be it. Now, this Bible commands you to be in subjection to your own husband, and I need to clear that up. Married ladies... You're not in subjection to another man. 
even your pastor. You married ladies, you're not to be in subjection to me. <laughs> you are in subjection, the Bible's real clear, to your own husbands. And Jeannie, I'm sorry, I just got to do it because it's funny and it was right. Uh, Brother Terry had me come over a couple years back now and Sister Jeannie wants to paint the fireplace white with white paint. And I told Brother Terry, I said, Brother Terry, I wouldn't do that. I don't think she's going to like it. I just don't think that's right. And so Brother Terry, oh, amen, brother, I think that's good. Went home and Sister Jeannie come home from work and says, hey, preacher said you shouldn't do that. We got to listen to the preacher. She looked at him just like she should have and says, preacher Todd don't live here. <laughs> amen, that's right. That's right. Amen. You're, ladies, you're married. You have your own husbands. You're not in subjection to me. You, you don't have to walk softly around me. Yeah, I understand I'm the pastor, but you're to be in subjection to your own husband. And ladies... You are the queen in your house, and you should be treated like a queen. That was the appropriate response. Preacher, don't live here. He ain't running the show around here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's good, and that's the way it needs to be. And you say, why would you even say that? I'll tell you why. Because there's Baptist churches that have Baptist pastors that say that the ladies and families can't even have children until they come and ask the preacher for permission. Now, let me tell you something. That's a cult. I believe in the priesthood of the believer and the autonomy of the individual. You don't have to come and ask me if you think it's okay for you to buy a new vehicle or a house. You say, man, I've never heard of nothing like that. Well, you might not have been raised as an independent fundamental Baptist all your life like I have. I've gotten around. We've traveled. My father was an evangelist. And you hear all kinds of weird things out of so-called Bible believers. Don't come and ask me if you think you should buy a new car. I don't know. <laughs> It ain't up to me. <laughs> but I've, I've seen that stuff. I've been around that stuff. And let me tell you something. I'm going to call that stuff out. That ain't right. There's too much of that Holy Spirit quenching where the people are not free to express themselves in Christ and free to live their lives according to how God and the Holy Spirit has told them to live it. I'm here to be a spiritual guide. I'm here to preach the word of God. But my authority stops at the door out there. We need to get back to that. So it's called the first way you can influence your husband to be saved if he's lost or backslid is a willing submission. But number two, seeing holiness. Did you see this? He says in verse two, while they behold, that's something that he's going to see. Ladies, let me hit you in on a little tidbit. Men respond to what they see, not so much what they hear. Men respond to what they see. And so if you want to influence your husband, he says your lost husband or your backslid husband is going to behold or be beholding your chaste conversation. Oh, preacher, what is that? Well, let me put it to you like this. Being obscene in the way that you dressed is not the way. I need to put that in there. You parading around in public wanting to share yourself and be eye candy for every other man uh, down, the, down the street is not going to influence your husband to come to Christ because if the gospel has had no effect on you to be holy and chaste, he don't want nothing to do with it. And so this is Bible here. And matter of fact, the Bible goes so far as to say that a woman, by the way she dresses, can actually blaspheme the Word of God. Do more harm than you do good. 
being a loose cannon in your day-to-day conversation will not help. The Bible says chaste conversation. That means pure and right actions, true to your marriage vows. Ladies, your husband doesn't want to share you eye candy, you know. Well, I just dress this way for my husband. Well, cover it up when you're in public then. My soul. You want to influence your husband for the good? Ladies, let me say this. God did give men the authority in the home, but to keep it balanced and equal, he gave the ladies the power of influence. The power of influence. And you're to use that power of influence to influence your husband for the good. Not the evil, but for the good. I even say this, ladies. I understand some of you ladies and the men should say, hey, we need to go to church. That's what, that's what I want. That's that long-term vision. And it should be mama that gets up on a Sunday morning and says, all right, everybody. Daddy says he wants us to go to church. That's our vision. We're going to make church a priority. And mama, you need to be up guiding that house. Baths need to be taken. Schedules need to be made. And breakfast needs to be made. The children need to be dressed so they can all get into church. Mama ain't going to work if you're laying around in bed all day on a Sunday thinking that, well, the husband, he needs to be the head of the household. He's got to get everybody ready for church. No, that's your job according to the Bible. Your chaste conversation. He gave you the job of guiding that house. I, I was meant to give you an illustration of this on guiding the house. Jen come to me for this fellowship Tuesday night. She says, man, I want to make this taco bake. I said, you do understand there's going to be about maybe 50 people in here, maybe a little more. I said, it sounds to me like you're going to work yourself to death. I don't think that's a good ideal. She said, well, what are you thinking? I said, I think you need to go and buy a few dozen donuts and a fruit tray from Walmart and not work yourself to death. You say, well, what was that? Well, that was what we call vision pastor and I'm also the head of my household I said look I don't think it's a good idea to have you work your fingers to the bone she's very willing to want to do that but let me guide you just a little bit no go buy some donuts and go buy a fruit tray and she says well okay no problem you know what she did she's going to buy donuts she's going to make a fruit tray but she says but I'm also going to make taco salad because maybe people don't like fruit people don't like the donuts and I said that's fine no problem You say, oh, she didn't obey. Yes, she did. I just give her the long-term vision. She works all the others out. I just didn't want her to work herself to the bone, work herself to death. That's what he's talking about for men being over the home. But the lady, she has that day-to-day guiding. And she makes those decisions. She knows what to do. Seeing holiness, ladies, it's another way to influence a husband. The right way for the Lord. But then we see this. And verse 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. Oh boy. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Another way to influence a lost husband or a backslid husband is to maintain a sweet spirit. A meek and quiet. That doesn't mean you don't talk. That doesn't mean you don't uh, uh, share your mind and thoughts. But it means don't be contentious, lady. 
Give more time to develop your inner beauty than your outward beauty. If some of you ladies would spend as much time on your inward beauty as you do on your outward beauty, the world would be a lot better place. And the older ladies, the aged ladies, will tell you, beauty's only skin deep. It's what's on the inside that counts. And your husband should be able to see that inner beauty in you. Watch those contentious spirits, lady. Always negative. Men should not have to worry about coming home to a dragon. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'll give you some scripture on that here in a second. If your husband is not spending enough time at home, it's a good indication something is wrong with your spirit. I just can't ever get my man to stay at home. I don't know why he's always wanting to go. He don't come right home when, I, when he gets off of work. I probably wouldn't either. He's just a dirty, rotten dog. He's so silly. What's that say for you? You married him. <laughs> this, was <t> this was told to me. Love is blind and marriage is the eye opener. Oh, preacher, you don't know how true that is. Hey, it's all about speaking truth. <laughs> you see, the Bible says this, lady. It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. You angry all the time? You always got a bone to pick? You always got a burr under your saddle? No wonder he don't want to come home. The Bible said he'd rather spend time in the wilderness all by himself than have to come home and face a cantankerous woman. That's Bible. You see, the Bible says to be a quiet example. Don't preach. Don't be preachy, ladies. Men hate verbal nagging. The Bible calls it a continual dripping. You ever had a leak in the ceiling in the house? Maybe in a bedroom, it goes to raining. You're trying to sleep. You hear that? Oh, the Bible's saying your continual nagging, that's what it's like. The Bible says this, a continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Yeah, that's Bible. Don't ask me how I found that verse, but God give it to me. It's in there. It's in Proverbs 27, 15. You see, having a sweet spirit is very important. I understand you have bad days. I, I understand husband might not have took the trash out. I get that. But ladies, let me get you in on a secret. Don't adopt that husband's mom tone. <laughs> Whoo! That nothing will unnerve your husband quicker than when his wife sounds like his mama. Because he, he remembers. <laughs> We're having too much fun with this. Yeah. We're in trouble. Oh, but ladies, you got to work on that spirit. And I, I think all our ladies have sweet spirits. Uh, I'm pretty sure. At least I've not seen the dragon side yet. Maybe I need to bump in. Uh, I've bumped into a few people down the years and, and, and seen the dragon, the dark side. 
quite readily. You're all pretty good at hiding that. That's good. But a sweet spirit will influence your husband. Remember this, ladies, and you need to get this. Real men cannot be forced. They must choose for themselves. Now, ladies, I understand Sometimes ladies say, well, I want a man that I want to lead around by the nose. I just won't have a man that can make his own decisions. Well, ma'am, there's going to come a day when life is not going good and you're going to need a real man. Not one that you can lead around by the nose. Need a real man. Even if he don't always make all the right decisions. Real men cannot be forced. They must be able to choose for themselves. You know, even as a pastor, I understand that principle about men. I don't force things on my men. Like, hey, I think I want to do this. I, I broadcast that vision. I see how it bounces off of you. And then I let you stew on it. And then if you say, I don't think that's a good idea. Or, yeah, that sounds good. You know why? There's too many churches that have too many problems because of pastors trying to force something to men. Men cannot be forced. Not real men. Now, you can lead around little puppy dogs that you can intimidate. I don't, I don't much care to have those kind of men around me. I want real men. I want men that can give me their personal opinions and their personal ideals. When we get into leadership and having, having sit-down meetings, hey, I, I, need, I need your take on this. And ladies, you would do well to mark my words. You want a man like that. You say, oh, I don't have one. Well, then we'll pray, and maybe you can influence him for God, for the good, and he'll become that. Now, there's one last thing. We'll get into it, and I'll quickly run through this. Verse 6. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You say, preacher, do I have to call my husband Lord? No. Remember, you need to take these things in the context for which they are written in. Don't pull them out of the context. If you take that verse all by itself, then ladies, you can make it say that. Ladies, wives, you've got to call your husband Lords. We start our own little following. And all the men would love that, but the ladies wouldn't. <laughs> and I see most of you ladies and I wouldn't do it either. <laughs> That's right, because you ain't that silly. Words of admiration is one of the five love languages. Words of affirmation. Just because he's lost does not make him any less your husband. He should be respected and honored. Husbands care about the opinion of their wives. Wives should respect their husband's accomplishments. Ladies, let me give you this. Do not ever humiliate your husband in front of others. Don't even humiliate him one-on-one. -on -one. Don't run him down in front of others. Don't run him down in front of the children. That's a humiliation. And it will not influence him to come to God. It'll drive him away. The Bible says a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. That's right. You don't want to shame your husband. Do you, 
when I was in the last seminar that had to do with church security and church shootings, you know what the number one motive was? The individual felt like they had been disrespected. Let me tell you something. With dealing with people, try not to go out of your way to disrespect somebody. Always be respectful. Ladies, doubly so to your husbands. Do not humiliate them and do not disrespect them. Men, the same can be said for you when you're dealing with your wives. Do not humiliate them. Do not disrespect them. Because I got news for you. You're going to create your own problems in the home. These are four ways that the Bible gives you to influence your husband. Because he says, so that they also may without the word. They're not going to come and hear preaching. So don't get preachy. You're going to have to live these four examples in front of your husband if he's lost to lead him to Christ. That sweet spirit, sincere admirations. Ladies, God has given you the power of influence. Use it wisely. You are to guide your house. Influence your husband to be better for God by being a good example. And ladies, if your husband is lost... You can win him to Christ using these four principles. Ladies, if you have a backslid husband, you can influence him to get back right with God by these four principles. You have an awesome responsibility as wives, women, in your homes. I think a lot of times we take it for granted or we're always expecting that our spouse should pick up all the slack because we're self-serving by nature. We want to be served, but we don't want to serve others. In our homes, in your home, in my home, we're to be in submission and subjection one to another. We have roles to play. Ladies, you have an awesome job, but if you have a lost husband, this is four ways to influence your husband to bring them to Christ. I believe there's so many lost husbands today that have saved wives because their wives don't have chaste conversations. They don't have sweet spirits. They're dragons. They don't have sincere admiration and they don't have willing submission. And it's hurting the body of Christ. And it's hurting Christendom. Because this world looks out and says, if that's all the good you can do after having experienced the gospel, we don't want it. I hope we don't get at the judgment seat of Christ and find out that we're more of a hindrance to the gospel than a help spread to spread it. Let's all stand this morning.